Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Werman. This week we'll recap the NFL's Week Seven schedule and uh, and our our betting competition, and uh, talk about the MLB playoffs and preview the World Series matchup uh, before getting into the Week Eight preview for the NFL and our next bets. Uh, Mike, what was what do you think was the most interesting thing from NFL's week seven? Was it uh, Chiefs winning nicely against San Francisco with uh, now with Christian McCaffrey? Um, the maybe quarterback controversies developing in a couple of different teams um, or more of the established quarterbacks maybe falling off maybe a lot in the last couple of weeks. What, uh, what, what did you find most interesting? Well, I'm I'm always biased towards the Chiefs, so I I was most pleasantly surprised by the Chiefs' big victory. Um, I'm finding some of these quarterback controversies and uh, maybe should be controversies uh, to be a little you know more interesting right now. Um, I think maybe the one that interested me the most is kind of a combination of older quarterback and controversy, in that is something that kind of developed later as the weekend went on when after Matt Ryan got hurt, they said that um, Sam Ellinger, the second round, a second, second year, sixth round draft pick out of Texas who ha- hasn't even thrown a pass yet in um, NFL competition, at least regular season competition is going to be named the starting quarterback for the Colts who are by no means out of, playoff contention they're three three and one they beat the chiefs um they have been in a lot of the other games that they've lost but um ryan was hurt he separated his shoulder but uh, i think frank reich said well even if ryan hadn't been hurt um they, they put ellinger in as the starter and that was surprising well i mean why did he even need to say that <laughs> anyway why well why was that important yeah, I don't know. That um, seems like it's something that tele- I don't know. The telegraph's strategy, I guess. Yeah. More than you think. Well, um, you could say, well, Sam's the starter for now, but when Matt, you know, when Matt comes back, we'll make a decision or something like that. You know, you could at least leave that up, you know, for, for future game planning or something. But does that put more pressure on on Ellinger then to to perform, or does that you think that takes some pressure off of Ellinger going forward? I think no, like knowing that he has some security, he's got some leeway here, not knowing when uh, Matt Ryan's going to come back or could come back. Yeah. It seems strange. It seems like maybe they're trying him out because they think that, well, if Ellinger's the answer, maybe they don't need to draft a quarterback next year because the uh, Colts have been trying the last several years to, to fill their quarterback position kind of with a sort of rental quarterback every year since Andrew Luck uh, re- retired you know you know we'll have um, they, I mean they they used a Brissette quite a lot for a couple of years like every other year Brissette played mm-hmm. yeah a lot but yeah he's no longer on the, the team no longer the team and they brought in Rivers and they brought in Carson Wentz and now they brought mm-hmm. in Matt Ryan um yeah it's and now now that they want Sam Ellinger uh, for you know, I think he has impressed the team in preseason and maybe in, in workouts, but I think it's 
really they're trying him out to see if they need to draft somebody. But I think that's that puts a lot of pressure, I think, on uh, Frank Reich, the, the coach, because if he falters, I think I think I could see Reich not making another season because of well, you know, the Colts taking a big step step back this year, not making the playoffs last mm-hmm. year, and you know, not really doing a whole lot um, under his watch. You know, even though even though people say like, oh, they have the best offensive line in football or one of the best ones in a good defense and stuff like that, but still, so yeah, it seems like they're giving up on the season in some way. I think, and unless there's something, unless he's, you know, they think he's Mahomes in in waiting. I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. Maybe there, maybe there's some self-preservation there too for, for uh, right. Maybe he's thinking that if he can uh, shift enough blame to Matt Ryan, that, um, you know, might save him another year, at least anyway, at least a chance to keep his job for another year. Right? <laughs> do you think that has something to do with it or? Maybe. I guess. Yeah. It's hard to say. Um, so let's, I was just tell you. I was looking up some stats on Matt Ryan. So right now, um, Matt Ryan is he's thrown nine interceptions, which which leads the lead. Um, in, in, but a negative, in a negative way, I assume. in a negative way, yeah. But it, it, you know, in a per, on a per game basis, he's thrown fewer than Matthew Stafford has his quarterback rating is almost identical to Matthew Stafford 87 84.7 for Ryan 84.6 for Stafford um he's thrown three more touchdowns than Stafford has although Stafford's played one fewer game um he has thrown for 2008 yards that is good for right now fourth in the league. You know who the three quarterbacks are that are ahead of him? Ooh. In passing yardage? In passing yardage. Ooh. Um one Josh Allen. I'll, I'll give you this. Josh Allen would be, but he's only played six games. The other oh, okay. quarterbacks all played seven games. Uh, I think Mahomes would have to be one of those. Mahomes is number one right now. Um so then, yeah, Ryan has 2,008 yards. Mahomes has 2,159. Well, it's not that much, not that different though. Huh? Yeah, 151 yards over seven games. Well, yeah, and and, and um, this next week approaching uh, is the Chiefs' bye week. So if Matt Ryan was healthy and playing this week, he would he would possibly move ahead of, of, mm-hmm. uh, of Mahomes. I mean, but uh, we'll get that opportunity anyway. Um, Let's see. Who did the two be? Um, I would guess um, uh, Carr, maybe? No, Derek Carr has only played six games. Uh, so he's down to 15 20. He's, he's kind of lower. Bye week already. That's right. Uh, Andy's not, not close anyway. Um, yeah. Geno Smith. Geno Smith is number seven. Oh. With 17 12. Yeah, he's, he has. He, until this week, last past week, he led the NFL in quarterback rating. Mahomes is now number one in QB rating. And so, and Josh Allen, number two. Uh, Geno Smith is number three. Um, yeah, there have been, been so many injuries. And, and uh, 
the quarterback swapping to the carousel with mm-hmm. a lot of teams. It's, um, I'll give you a hint. They're I'm two, not, coming two, up with, not coming up with teams that have even okay, they're, they're two yeah. young, two young AFC quarterbacks. Oh, so maybe uh, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is eighth with seventeen hundred yards, seventeen oh seven. Hmm. So not uh, not Russell Wilson. Not Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Let's does not qualify as young and also has not thrown well this year. Russell Wilson has played six games for fourteen hundred and forty-two yards. His quarterback rating is eighty-three point four, which is lower than Ryan's. He's thrown only five touchdowns, only three picks, but um, his completion percentage is only fifty-eight point six percent compared to Matt Ryan's sixty-eight point four percent, which is pretty good. So, are, um, so are you surprised that that um, there is a controversy with Matt Ryan being like that he has been with his with his numbers compared to these other quarterbacks that don't really have controversies? Yeah, or, that's, or should or should there be more controversies with these other? I think there maybe should be more with others, but I don't think there are people behind them that they think are any better. So, just to, uh, for the yards. Uh, Justin Herbert has one more passing yard. Oh, Herbert, yeah, of course. Than Matt Ryan. And Joe Burrow, uh, on the back of his you know, 500-yard passing game last week, moved into second place okay. on yards. So, like, you know, he's just behind Herbert Burrow in Mahomes right now in terms of passing yardage. He has more passing yards than any quarterback that would play in the NFC, for example. Mm. Um, and... In terms of yards per game, Matt Ryan is fifth in yards per game. Uh, only just Josh Allen uh, moves ahead of him. So he's uh, fifth in yards per game. His quarterback rating is 20th out of 32 teams, though. So it's kind of middle of the pack. It's higher, as I said, uh, than Matthew Stafford, higher than Kyler Murray. Higher than Carson Wentz, Davis Mills, Russell Wilson, Kobe Brissett, Cooper Rush, you know, Zach Wilson, you know, many starters mm-hmm. in the league. And, he yet, and, the most, and he's going to be out of a job here. He's going to be out of a job, which seems, I think, strange um, because he hasn't even appeared, I don't think, as washed up as some other uh nfc quarterbacks it seems like rogers this year has been subpar brady has been subpar mm-hmm. uh we've, we've talked about um russell wilson and his uh you know horrible season although he's been hurt it seems like but even quarterbacks that aren't but definitely not living up to the contract that he signed in the offseason yeah yeah, even quarterbacks that aren't really considered to be on the hot seat, like Stafford or... I think you know, Stafford did have some kind of injury in the off prior to the offseason. Yeah, he had, an el- he had elbow issues. Because he had a surgery, I think, that was somewhat surprising to some, maybe the team. Yeah. Even. Uh, weren't necessarily expecting that. Um, yeah, but Stafford, yes, but... I don't think, you know, there's no, there was no rush to, you know, keep Stafford off the field. You know, the, the Rams are three and three. The 
Colts are three, three, and one. Um, and actually, I was going to tell you, Matt Ryan, uh, he is uh, tied for first in the NFL in completions with Justin Herbert. He has a higher completion percentage than Herbert. So, and and for the record, what's the uh, the the scale of uh, the controversy meter uh, for Herbert's job in in San Diego? Yeah, it's it's zero. Although Herbert's <laughs> Herbert is thrown for twelve touchdowns, um, thrown for four ints. But yeah. so, as 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 we've talked before, and people I think know, sometimes interceptions aren't always the quarterbacks. Well, you know, they, you know, Mahomes last year had, I think, 13 interceptions, but four or five at least of those were passes that Just hit a receiver in hit, the hands. Yeah. Um, you know, Mahomes' interception, yes, uh, on Sunday seems like it was more of the fault of uh, Sky Moore running the wrong, running not a very good route than, um, than Mahomes' you know, inaccuracy. Uh, Moore didn't have a very good game. Uh, on Sunday, muffing that punt and kind of yeah, for not the first time this season. Yeah, Luckily, this I, didn't, didn't hurt him as much. <laughs> no, no, the the, the defense uh, bailed him out. Um, what, what what was going? Uh, what was your what was the most interesting part of uh, this past week uh, to you, Andrew? Um, again, like like you mentioned, uh, I think. Yeah, was gravitate towards towards the Chiefs, um, but I did think something around that game was maybe more interesting, like decision making wise. When the 49ers actually made the trade for McCaffrey, and then rushing him into the game too, I thought was was an interesting, weird, and possibly really bad decision. The hope is that you know he's going to come in bolster the team. And, and get a win and, you know, drive them into like the playoff contention. But instead what happened is he comes in and the team gets blown out. And now I don't know if you have that same expectation anymore. It's, it's, um, it's very weird to, to do that and, and, you know, have it go this poorly, I think, right in that, you know, in that one little window of time, it was just like three days between announcing the signing and then, you know, the game happening too. So it's, it's, uh, he, he played, really, the decision making there is really is really interesting. I think it's uh, yeah. He it could played play really poorly for the for the team for the long run. I mean, they were lucky that he you know didn't get injured or something during. The game. Yeah, that could have been a that would have been that would have been the you know because as adjusting to the new scheme, you aren't quite physically. You know, I guess I guess he had been playing all season with for the Panthers, right. but it's a different offense. Maybe you don't know exactly where a block is coming from or something like that mm -hmm. when you're past protection. And maybe, you know, again, it's, it's easier to get, maybe again, you're thinking maybe more about, can I remember the play? And maybe you're not um, taking, you know, the paying attention to the other guys on the field as much as, as you might uh, normally, but he played a lot at the beginning mm -hmm. of the game and he ran pretty well. He, he caught the ball. Uh, but then uh, I guess they ran out of plays for him, and then he wasn't in it really at all in the second half. He only had, he had a couple of carries that were for, for maybe negative yardage. But I thought, oh no! Uh, when he started, he was he was really he played a lot more than I thought he would. So it seemed like in in, in that first half when the 49ers were keeping up with the Chiefs, mm -hmm. uh, I thought, oh, he's he's maybe well, going to play front, too. It was I mean they actually had ten point lead really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, 
it was probably everything that the San Francisco fans were hoping for, right? Is that they'd come out at home and, and play well against the Chiefs. And it was looking great for the first, you know, half of the first quarter, I guess, right? Yeah. I, I started I, to turn anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the 49ers will be fine, um, especially because they play in the NFC, which isn't very good, we don't think, compared to the AFC. Although there are some, it seems like, you know, sort of, um, sort of glitzy record teams with uh, the undefeated Eagles and Giants only have one loss and the Vikings only have one loss. The Cowboys are looking good. You know, there are a lot of um, sort of top heavy teams, but those teams haven't played really anybody. And they, right. I think all, none of them, I don't think have played really uh, teams in the AFC. Yeah. And the, team, when the teams are going to play in the AFC aren't necessarily the, the cream of the AFC either. Yeah. Um, we talked about Philadelphia's schedule being pretty uh, easy uh, so far or, and, and going forward. Because <laughs> they, yeah, they, don't, they don't play the Bills or the Chiefs. No. And I don't think um, the Giants do either. No, I don't think so. The, I think the NFC East is playing. No, no, no. I'll look him up real quick. Uh, the NFC East's uh, schedule, they're playing the AFC South. So the. That's. Um, uh, that big of a deal. So the Titans, Eagles, I guess, would be the tougher one. Yeah, they're gonna play. So they're I guess the Eagles also have a game against the Steelers next week as their kind of um random interconference matchup. But yeah, they play the Texans, the Colts. They do, they do Titans. two games against each other, I guess. The Giants <laughs> Yeah. And they beat the Jaguars already, so the Eagles did. Um the juggernaut Jaguars. Yeah, well, I guess the Jaguars were looking good until they had, they had won two straight prior to that game, uh, and then they've not done anything. But, yeah, it, the Eagles are – seems like the best team in the NFC, but, yeah, they, they, don't, they don't play anyone. And, you know, they, they play maybe – they play the Packers. But they don't play really any of the NFC powers either. They've already mm. beaten the they beat the Vikings, so that was and and then the divisional teams. But they they don't play the um, they don't play the 49ers. They don't play the Rams. They don't you know play you know I don't think they play Tampa. You know again we thought these teams we thought were going be good going in. So it's it's a so with the 49ers. I think going back to the 49ers. I think I think they'll be okay. Since they're in the in the in the NFC, and you'll take McCaffrey a couple of weeks probably to get going, but I think they have a bye coming up, and it seems like, um, you know, they still might be the. It's and this makes the Chiefs look really good. They still might be the best team in the NFC, uh, if you know at least theoretically they went to the NFC Championship game last year, mm -hmm. and. You know, that was after a bad start too, 
and then they finish strong. So it seems like that could be the case again. Did you, um, oh, speaking of the game against the Chiefs and uh, the 49ers, were you excited to see uh, backup quarterback, seventh round draft pick, Mr. Relevant, Brock Purdy from Iowa State enter the game? Of course. Yeah, that, that was great. I, I believe was the first Mr. Irrelevant to throw a pass in an NFL game. That's that's pretty pretty exciting. Yeah, he was the I think, yeah, the city was the first and the first to complete a pass as well. Purdy was uh two for four. He had an interception at the end, but he yeah was we got into a game though. That's that's pretty good. It was yeah, his um teammate. Former teammate, Brees Hall, though, took a pretty bad injury at the end of the Jets game. Uh, I guess he tore his ACL. Yeah, he's, he year. was looking really good. So he's going to yeah. be out for the year. But, um, but yeah, like, that, that was pretty good to see you know, some, of, some of those um, Iowa State players from those couple of uh, pretty good seasons uh, make NFL rosters, be productive on NFL teams. That's, that's um, you know, been a long time uh, to, you know, go, you know, past without uh, very many of those guys really, you know, making an impact in the NFL. Anyway. Yeah. David Montgomery is still pretty, has been solid the last few years. Mm -hmm. He got a touchdown last night, I think, for the Bears. Yeah. And, you know, he's avoided injury so far this year, pretty much, I think. And so from, the, from, the, from the time uh, before that I, before I went to Iowa State to like, you know, partway while, while I was there, at least anyway, I mean, they, you know, the team was awful and they hadn't gone to a bowl game, I think, in my lifetime until I think I was in towards the end of undergrad, started grad school. And they finally went to a bowl game. Anyway, that was pretty, pretty exciting. Went to and won, won a game too. So, yeah, I'm trying to think of Iowa State player. Seneca Wallace, I guess, had a brief shining moment mm -hmm. uh, as a kind of uh, multi purpose yeah. player. Not, and that was, you know, during receiver. an era that while I was there, he played um, at Iowa State. So I, I was there for those couple of years. Well, so it, yeah, they, they had some good running. Florian Darren Davis. Did, did either of them make it, make it to the NFL? I don't think Darren Davis. They, they, yeah, Troy Davis, I don't think did. Darren Davis might have gotten drafted. Let's see. I'm looking at I Troy made, Davis. I think he played in the, um, one of those other leagues, though. I don't remember which one it was. Was the C maybe Troy Davis maybe play like in the CFL or something like that? I see here Troy Davis. It looks like he played for New Orleans for three seasons. A total of 446 yard yards rushing across those three years. That's not a whole lot of action. Um, in yeah, his rookie year was his most uh, pr uh, productive, but yeah, no touchdown. Like one touchdown, one touchdown uh, in. Three seasons. Uh, Darren Davis. He's not on Pro Football Reference, so he must not have. Yeah, I think I think he ended up playing in one of the other leagues, briefly at least. Anyway, I thought I thought I thought in Canada, but is that does Pro Football Reference have Canadian football too, or is it just in? Yeah, there. Not yeah. Well, Darren Davis. I'm looking at Wikipedia. Darren Davis did play. Uh, in Canada, but his career in Canada wasn't too. Yeah, I don't think it was very impressive. Long. Um, 
and from 2000 2001 so in 2000 he rushed for over a thousand yards and 2001 he also rushed for over a thousand yards for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and then he was traded so maybe he got hurt or something it's um Friday was also played for the CFL yeah and he played um several years several thousand yard rushing seasons and he had he had some huge seasons in college i think he rushed for 2000 yards in one season two years he rushed for 2000 yards yeah in both 1995 and 1996 darren davis he was really productive too he was they weren't they weren't the same type of back at all it was it was interesting to see You know, how, how different they were as... as yeah, well. Troy was kind of a short, little... Uh, more, more of a downhill kind of runner, like point of direction, and he's going to go that way. Yeah, so they were each five foot eight, so they were both pretty short. They, they had no... Um, there was no answer for him. I remember there, there was one game, I think he rushed for right around 300 yards in a game. Where you know the opposing team knew he was going to get the ball every time, and uh, they couldn't stop. There's no way to stop him. Yeah, those those are those are pretty fun games to see. At least you know they don't play that style of offense at all now, so it's not uh, you know they're not going to see that kind of numbers again. I don't think so. There's there are very few like purely rushing teams now, right? Yeah, there are. Yeah, this is like Air Force or Army. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, so right now I'm looking at uh, there are several uh, uh, running backs or several players from Iowa State active in the NFL. Uh, two for the Ravens, AJ Klein and Charlie Kolar. Yeah, two for the the, uh, Bears, Chase Allen, tight end, uh, practice squad, and David Montgomery. Yeah, I was I was kind of hoping that um, that Kohler would end up coming to the coming to the Chiefs because he's very much a very uh, Travis Kelsey like Mm. tight end. Alan Lazard was in Iowa State. That's right. Yeah, I I didn't remember that. Yep. And Ioma Uwezuke, Uwezuke. Uh, is on the on Denver's defense, but yeah, Brees Hall. I haven't heard most of these other guys, um, but Jake Hummel on the Rams, maybe. But yeah, it's been uh, yeah they've 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 had a few players in the league, but it seems like um, Brees Hall was probably going to be maybe the most productive mm-hmm. of any of those players, and he's been he's been hurt. Uh, speaking of uh, production. Uh, you know who the who is the most productive, Mr. Irrelevant, uh, in the National Ooh. Football League currently. Currently, most productive. Um, I mean, I have to guess. Well, I'm probably gonna be wrong on this, but I'm gonna guess former uh, Chiefs, Mr. Irrelevant, uh, Ryan Suckup. Yeah, you could you could argue that I think that Ryan Suckup uh, has been uh, the most successful uh, long term. Mr. Irrelevant, he's been kicking in the league for almost four. This is his 14th season. And 
he's been there are there aren't a whole lot of uh, mr relevance i can name so that's uh, yeah that's what, that's what i've got <laughs> yeah i'd say second up overall he's but he's still playing for tampa he kicked for the chiefs for five years mm -hmm. the titans for six years and now this is his third year with tampa um probably the most uh and the most productive is probably Kay Crowder, the, the linebacker from the, for the Giants. He's the starting middle linebacker. And he's uh, started every game last season, and he's, he's been a pretty solid contributor for them. But, yeah, if you, uh, looking on most of those last draft picks don't amount to anything. The last quarterback taken, uh, there have been, in the last 10 years, there have been, two quarterbacks taken as the last pick, um, neither of whom uh, played as much as Brock Purdy just did in his last game. That was Chad Kelly of the Broncos five years ago out of Ole Miss and Chandler Harnish out of Northern Illinois. Do you remember Chandler, the Chandler Harnish era? Not, not sure that I remember ever hearing that name. So yeah, <laughs> he played. He was drafted by the Colts, and should, should his name be thrown in the mix here to take over for uh, Matt Ryan, <laughs> Sam Ellinger? He yeah did, never. Did you know who, who the other um, Colts quarterback was that um, Ellinger apparently just recently passed in the uh, hierarchy in in. Uh, oh, I remember it was Nick Foles, I believe. Right, he was oh. the backup. And he was he was the back coming in. Now he's the third stringer. Yeah. So it's so they have and Foles, of course, somewhat recently started with the Bears. And I think two years ago was the Bears starter, or he's battling with Mitch Trubisky for the Bears job, and they brought in Justin Fields. Yeah. And so yeah, the the Colts. It seems odd. Maybe you think maybe the Colts would go to Foles as their starter if they didn't think Ryan was was holding, but that they wanted to go to. Um, I think Ellinger is a mobile quarterback, and and they think mm -hmm. well maybe Matt Ryan's more of a statue back there. He's been sacked a lot. Yeah, and interceptions. Maybe they just want somebody who can kind of run around and do any picket type things. <laughs> right. Maybe maybe just keep plays alive or see what happens. Yeah, Justin. Yeah, Justin Fields. Somebody like that. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, Ellinger, he has, yeah, he ran for a good number of yards in college, but not like, yeah, he wasn't a Lamar Jackson right. or somebody like that though. So it's, it's, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens with that experiment. Um, do we want to talk about our bets? Sure. Yeah, let's do that. So Much we, we more success this week. Yeah, this is, this is our a, most successful week. We were, we were hot. I think our, our our overall season bets are maybe moving now towards lukewarm, uh, approaching lukewarm. Yeah, they uh, and so we both bet on the Chiefs game. That was the only one. That was the only game that either of us missed, and that was um, so. I bet the Chiefs minus three. They they easily cleared that. You you bet lose. I think you bet the under in that game, right, Andrew? I did I thought that would be more of a defensive struggle. It kind of looked that way early that it could be, but uh, didn't turn out that way. Yeah, missed that one by uh, almost 20 points. 
Yeah, you never know those, those <laughs> things. But we were both we were both we both made some fairly bold bets that uh, turned out well for us. Each of us took a struggling NFC uh, Mid Atlantic team at home against a a large road favorite of a traditional power. Um, yes. And you, you, your, I think yours was yours was the bet of the day, uh, given I think Tampa ended up. You, I think you had it was Tampa minus eleven when you when we made our bet, but after the Christian McCaffrey trade, Tampa over Carolina was up to minus thirteen, mm-hmm. and you you took you took uh, the, the the Panthers at plus eleven. Not, not knowing that uh, yes, that their star running back was about to be traded. <laughs> But it didn't matter. It, was, it worked out. And yeah. They, uh, yeah, they they had plenty of points to give on that one. I think they could have uh, given up four touchdowns at the very end of the game and still cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they won twenty-one to three, so they could have. Yeah, thirty-one twenty-one would have would have would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, so what? Yeah, that's one of those. Things were, you know, what's going on with those aging quarterbacks? What ha- what is happening to Tom Brady? What's happening to uh, Tampa Bay? Uh, same thing could be said for my uh, bet on uh, Washington. They were at plus five and a half over the Packers. The Packers have been struggling lately, but I think a lot of people thought the Packers would win handily over Washington because uh, Carson Wentz was out as well, uh, and mm-hmm. Taylor Heineke, the backup, was in. I, I still thought that Washington could handle them, and they ended up actually winning that game outright uh, over the Packers, 23-21. So uh, both of our kind of big NFC home underdogs uh, uh, won uh, for us against well, against you know two of the greatest quarterbacks of uh, the last few decades, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Sometimes, sometimes those big spreads are. Uh... How, you know, one way to 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 get some extra leverage, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah. Sometimes the yeah, sometimes the big spreads are there for a reason, and sometimes they're just uh, most. You kind of have to remember though, most NFL games are end up being pretty close. They end up being within one score. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was your what was your final uh, bet? Uh, third pick was um, I had the Jets plus three. At Jacksonville, and that one that one went well, also. Yeah, the, Gi- the Giants um, won on the last play, but you still would have been fine had the had the Giants allowed that Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, even if they yeah scored the touchdown, they would have covered the spread by either one or two points, <laughs> depending on. Yeah, was, they decided to go for two for some reason. Yeah, it was curious that yeah curious that I guess, I guess you thought the Jacksonville's favored. Despite having a much inferior record, but even though the Giants have been winning a lot of close games, yeah, I, I, I picked them as a dark horse playoff contender early on, and it seems like, and, and, but probably, you've been unwilling to bet on them. No, I haven't bet on them. So I listen to somebody that says they're a winner. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not actually betting on them. No. All the games have been very, very close, and uh, but it seems like they're probably going to make the playoffs. They've won six games already. There might You might be able to make the playoffs in the NFC with nine wins, ten wins. They only mm-hmm. have to win three or four out of their next 
10 probably to get into the playoffs, it seems like. That's very possible. They have a lot of division games left, so it's, mm-hmm. there's opportunity to – Yeah, I don't think they've – they play, Yeah, they play, they play Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they have the Eagles and the Cowboys again, but – Typically, you know, those, those games are – you know, those rivalry games, basically anything can happen. So even, even if the Cowboys suddenly look amazing, they can still drop a game easily, you know, against, against the Giants. Yeah, that's true. The Giants' um, schedule, let's see what it uh, So they play next week at the Seahawks, home against the Texans. You got to think that's a win. Home against the Lions, you think that's a win? I don't, I don't uh, actually think the, uh, the game against the Seahawks is a win. At Seattle? Yeah. It could be. That's actually on my uh, bets this week coming up. Ooh. So... It could be. And then there's at Cowboys, Commanders, Eagles. It was like they have the Colts and the Vikings and mostly division of games after that. So these next three games, I think, are, are probably key because their schedule, I think, gets a little tougher after after those. But, um, yeah, those uh, surprising G-men are keeping strong in the NFC East. Um, staking sort of with the NFC East was my third bet, and that was the – uh, Cowboys hosting the Lions, a battle of the Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving hosts and at, in Dallas. And I, I think I bet under 48, and it turned out to be well under. Cowboys won 24 to 6, and so that was only a 30-point uh, total. Were you worried about a, like, three-touchdown outburst at the very end of the game just to, just to blow <laughs> it? <laughs> no, not with Dallas playing either offense or defense because they can't. It's yeah. their their offense isn't very high powered, and, and their defense is pretty good, so they wouldn't allow that sort of thing to happen. But the the Lions are kind of the king of garbage time points. However, it seems like going back to Matthew Stafford's days, where you know they would be yeah. down by they would be down twenty one going into the fourth quarter, and Stafford throws for two touchdowns and two hundred something yards in the fourth quarter to bring them to only Just a to touchdown. Make it slightly close. interesting, yeah. yeah. Goff does some of those same things, maybe. But, yeah, they the Lions have come, scored a combined six points total the last two games, though, uh, after averaging 30-plus points the first four games of the season. So, yeah, so where, where do they rank now in uh, points per game? Well, that's... They have to have dropped dramatically. Yes. Uh, I'm sure they have. That's it's pretty tough to overcome. Yeah, what is it? Would you say it was six points combined in the last two games? They were shut out by the uh, shut out by New England, and then oh, that's right, that uh, was like twenty nine nothing game, twenty nine nothing, and then yeah. they scored six points. Uh, so right now the um, Lions have scored one hundred and forty six points in six games. So what's uh, 20, about 24 points per game, a little over 24 points per game. And they are behind in points per game now in the NFC. They're behind the Eagles. They are the highest scoring team in their division, despite playing only six games each of their uh, fellow division rivals have played either six or seven games, so they're they're um, 
think there's still maybe fourth in the NFC in scoring by my uh, quick calculation. Quick view, yeah. Yeah. Play over 26 points per game. The Chiefs are leading with like 31 or something points a game. So they're not that far behind, even with those two bad games. But it seems like they're really slipping. I, th I think the um, scoring has been down quite a bit this season, too, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's been um, so far, at least as of. As of last week, um, the team, NFL teams together, teams by themselves are averaging 21.6 points per game. Teams averaged 23 points per game in 2021, 24.8 points per game in 2020. So yeah, that would across be... Across a league, that's pretty significant. Um, to be yeah, that's the... Because yeah. it's, it's usually not very easy for like one team to you know, affect the overall totals that much, right? So it's not just like, um, you know, one team isn't carrying their weight. Oh, yeah, I'm looking right now. Yeah, so 20, um, 2022 teams are scoring 21.7. That's the lowest total since 2017 when they also scored 21.7. Um, going back to, it seems like points have stayed fairly stagnant um, since 1994 that was the uh, they scored 20.3 points per game and they've been over 20 points per game since um, prior to that they were there was there were a few years where teams were scoring less than 20 points per game but um, hmm. going back, Going back to 1943, teams have scored at least eighteen points per game. I think in all but one season. Wow. 1977 was the low. There are only 17.2 points per game scored. Hmm. In 1977, I don't know what was happening in 1977 that made those. That's that may have been a strike year or something. Yeah, interesting. Uh, 70, 1977th season. That was when the Denver Broncos were in their first Super Bowl and they lost to the Dallas Cowboys that year. But um, should we, uh, should we shift more, gears? Shift gears. Let's talk a little bit about baseball. Sure. Well, uh, so we're, we've reached World Series time. In baseball, we have the League Championship Series both come to an end fairly quickly. Quick end, um, yes, yeah. The National League lasted longer. That was that was only that was only five games. Yeah, just Phillies, one game more than the others. <laughs> yeah, the Phillies won four out of five against San Diego, and then the Astros swept the Yankees. Any observations from those games? Well, the um, the Phillies series against the Padres was was pretty intriguing. Really, it was uh, you know. The uh, Padres would get runs fairly easily, and then 
the Phillies would come right back in, in pretty dramatic fashion and, and you know, not let, let any of the games get out of hand. And, and uh, yeah, it seemed like there were a few gambles that the Phillies made and every one of them paid off. So that was, that was a pretty fun series. Um, it should be exciting to see how they, if they can keep that going against the uh, what seems to be a juggernaut now the, uh, with the Astros. Yeah, the Astros just rolled through the Yankees. The Yankees look bad. Uh, when they, if, if their home run bats go cold, which they did, they don't really, they, they weren't able to manufacture runs really at all. Mm. Um, they couldn't get a hit to save their life. You know, they could walk occasionally, but they, you know, there were no hits that weren't home runs, basically, it seemed like. And, you know, sort of judge went fairly silent. Um, the whole team. Well, even setting a home run record and then, uh, you know, having, making it a pretty exciting season for the Yankees uh, didn't keep, judge safe from the uh, home team booze even yeah uh that was a little interesting isn't it and then you know he'll be moving into a free agency here right at right at the end of the season so you think that's going to have an effect on on his value i don't uh, think so it could I, be nothing think, at all right i don't think so it's a, it's, a, it's a short series um i have a piece of trivia for you uh regarding the yankees uh, the Yankees have lost five consecutive American League championship mm-hmm. series. That's the record for consecutive losses in wow. the round since twenty. They won. I guess they won the World Series in two thousand nine. They they went back to the, to the ALCS in 2010, 12, 17, 19, and twenty two, losing all five. Wow, <laughs> that's a, that is impressive. They're becoming the Buffalo Bills of the, <laughs> the LCS. When they make it, they they lose. Wow. Wow. About, Is, um, how about how about you there? Anything interesting now you're looking at for uh, the for the World Series then, or is it? Well, I, uh, I I think everybody's rooting for the Phillies. I don't think I at least outside of outside of uh, the Houston area, I don't think of anyone who wants the Astros to win. They ha- I guess they haven't won a World Series for a few years. They've been in a couple since 2017 where they won the World Series, and they've been in a couple since then and lost. But, you know, since this, you know, they were the, ch- the cheating scandal, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, nobody is rooting for the Astros. Yeah. It's, we're, we're all, we're, I think we're both pro Phillies now. I think so, yeah. You can't Although root for the Astros. I think, yeah. I, I, but I think the Astros are probably going to win given the fact that they, have been so strong however um the last team to sweep through the al playoffs lost the world series <laughs> right that did happen of course our royals who um won the wild card against the oakland days they swept uh, okay. the angels in the division series and they swept the orioles in the orioles. lcs but they lost seven games, heartbreaking seven games to the Giants. Although, the, although you could say that the uh, Royals were underdogs probably in all of those. <laughs> maybe not the home, maybe not a wild card game since it was at home, but the, mm. certainly they were underdogs to the Angels and the Orioles, and also to the Giants who had won World Series and two of the last four World Series. So, mm. yeah, uh, unlike well, the Astros, are, are are not underdogs by any stretch. These. Phillies, though, were the believe the last team into the playoffs. 
And should they win the World Series this year with only, only an 87 regular season wins, they would be tied for the third lowest win total for a team that won the World Series. Can you name the other two teams that have would have fewer wins having won a World Series? I remember the Cardinals a few, maybe 2005, something like that, 15 years ago-ish. I think they only won like 83 games or something, 85. Wow, you're off by just barely because it was the 2006 Cardinals and they had exactly 83 wins, you were correct. 83 wins, yeah, I remember that where they just barely made it and then they won the World Series. The second one... The Royals uh, 85 World Series team didn't have very many wins, I don't think. Were they, were, are they up there? They, the, the 85 Royals were tied for the eighth fewest wins with 91. Okay, they're 91 and 71. Okay, so they're a little better than I was thinking. So they tied with the uh, Marlins from 03, the Reds from 90, and the Phillies from 1980, which was against the Royals. Well, against the Royals, yeah. Yes. Hmm. Was there maybe a giant? Was there a Giants team that? Um, there were. There is one Giants team in the top ten. It's just just outside of that. Eighty eight wins. The twenty fourteen Giants that defeated the Royals. Yeah, I didn't think they had many more wins than the Royals. So, yeah. um, I'm. Oh, maybe it was was it one of the Twins? Ooh, there. Yeah. When do you, when do you think that was? It was either 87 or 91. I think they were 85 and 77 um, when they won the division. I'm going to say 87. 87 is correct. Number two, fewest wins for a World Series winning team, 85 wins. And so if the Phillies do this, they would, they would end up tying the 2000 Yankees the third. Oh, really? The 2000 Yankees were that low? Because you think of those Yankees teams as being juggernauts and winning over 100 games every season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some interesting, not the 2001 Yankees. Anymore. Interesting tidbits. Yeah. 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 I thought that was going to be interesting. The Astros have won 106 games. They won 106 games in the regular season, which is that's a, pretty that's good. Quite a lot, yeah. Yeah. Um. They, they don't fall on the uh, list of fewest wins. They're outside the top 50. <laughs> yeah. So the series is, is a bit of a hiatus, right? It doesn't start till the weekend? No, I don't, yeah. Because I guess it's all the, the division series and the ALCS and the LCS both went quick. Yeah. So. It seems like a missed opportunity because they'd uh, they'd have a few days here where they wouldn't be competing with football for ratings for the early games. It's almost too bad they didn't uh, go ahead and start the World Series right away. Like they kind of used to do that. Yeah, they just on a rolling schedule. Like whenever the series, whenever a series so. ended, they just went ahead and started the next one. Yeah, the 106 wins that the Astros have had is one off their record. They won 107 games in 2019 when they lost the World Series to the, I think to the, oh, to, yeah, the, the to the Nationals. 
the record for wins in a season um, didn't even make the uh, didn't make the World Series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Astros have they won 101 when they won, and then they won 103 the next year, lost the ALCS, 107 and lost the World Series. Uh, they actually lost the ALCS in 2020 when they only won 29 games. That was, of course, a 60-game season, but they were still under 500 when they they could have been an under 500 team making the World Series that year. Very, they lost the LCS four to three. So, yeah, uh, that would have been by percentage that would have been the worst team right. ever. Oh yeah, I guess this list didn't include that season at all, did it? Yeah, what well, let's say the uh, twenty twenty. That was the uh, Tampa Rays won that year. What was the Rays season? Just and just because this was on the same page, at least anyway. Um, the Rays were forty and twenty, so that was a oh wow, 60, 667 winning percentage. That's pretty high. That's not, that's not bad. Um, what uh, a team to win the World Series after having a terrible season? What do you think the worst record is that became a World Series winning team the following season? Hmm. Just I the I, I, team just the uh, I I, the I remember the story when I was a kid. The ninety was it the ninety one World Series? It was the Braves against the Twins, and both of those teams had gone worst to first the next mm. year. So. Maybe maybe it was the twins in '91. So the nine the '90 twins are on the are on the list. They were '74 and '88, but it's um there are several teams that are worse than that by a bit. Huh. So so maybe so let's so what did the, the did a team lose hundred games and then win the World Series no, the next year? Um, not quite. There were a couple teams that lost. Uh, looks like uh, ninety-three losses was the most. Ooh, wow! Um, the 2012 Red Sox were 69 and 93 to win the World Series the next year. And the 86, the 86 Twins were just 71 and 91. Oh, okay. So they won, went worst the first two years in a row, probably. Then, okay. Yeah. How did the Red Sox finish that poorly? Yeah, in 2012, that was one of their. Yeah. Um, oh, that was that was right before the um, the Dodgers bailed them out, right? Because they had um they had all those huge contracts. Yeah, Adrian like, Gonzalez. Adrian Gonzalez, and, and they had like there were like two or three other contracts that the, the Dodgers just took when the um their owner was like going through a divorce and was trying to like tank the team and make it worse so he didn't have to like. Uh, yeah, have to think of a settlement for the for the divorce. <laughs> yeah, it looks <laughs> the like team they had to like step in and take the team away from them. And it looks like everybody got hurt that year for the Red Sox. Yeah, um, Ortiz only played ninety games. Jacoby Ellsbury only played seventy four games. Uh, Euclid only played forty two games. Paul Crawford played thirty one games. Maybe got traded, but yeah, it's yeah they had a lot of. A lot of injuries, it looks like. But um, 
So what, what's your prediction for the World Series this year? Um, I, I think, again, I, I, you know, I hope the, uh, you know, Philly sweep, that'd be the ideal situation, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you know, some like 11 to nothing type scores across the board, right? Is that, uh, I don't expect that though. I kind of expect the uh, <laughs> Astros to win in probably six. Yeah, I think um, the best would maybe be the Astros losing in heartbreaking fashion. Ooh, um, like so not, they, not getting just stomped, but like they like they go out to a, get out to a three zero lead. Yeah, and then they lose four games to three. Yeah, like the you know the Yankees Red Sox of two thousand four type of thing. But um, yeah, I, I I want the. Yeah, I also want the Phillies to win. And I, I, I'm i going to say, yeah, I, I still think the Astros, are, I think the Astros are going to win because they've they've just uh, stopped everybody. Yeah. Um, how how many games do you think it's going to go? Five. I'll say, the, I'll say the Phillies get one. But yeah. um, I'm, I'm hoping it's the Phillies, but I, I could see the Astros just because they, they, they swept – yeah, they beat those plucky Mariners really bad, and they beat the big yeah. bad Yankees really bad. So I don't think the Phillies are. I don't know. They, I don't think they have the pitching. I think the Astros yeah. have both pitching and hitting, and it's it's just too much. The Phillies do seem like they are, um, you know, rising to the occasion. They're hot at the right time. Yeah. So maybe and that and maybe. that that does seem to have legs for uh, you know yeah, well, for stories and, and for for um, you know for baseball in general. You know, teams that get hot at the right time. Win, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes. So I think, yeah. I think if, if the Phillies take the first game, mm -hmm. they'll be in it. But yeah. Well, how about we uh, shift gears again? Okay. Talk about week eight of the NFL. Uh, well, this is the first we as interested in this time, right? This, this is the game. first week that the Chiefs don't play. Right. They have a bye, so we. Yeah, neither of us can bet on the Chiefs. But maybe maybe are, saving us from ourselves at times. Yeah, there are 30 other teams to bet on. There's only one other team that has the buy this week, and that's the Chargers, which I think usually it seems like four teams have, at least four teams yeah. have buys. But this this week, only two teams have buys. Yeah. That's an interesting, um, just a little interesting tidbit. But yeah, what what well, what games do you like? I think um, I'm going to start on the um, – we've been shying away from the Thursday night games. I'm actually going to go to the Thursday night game first. Um, Ooh, Thursday night. Those are always unpredictable. They have not been as predictable of late. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go there to start. And that's the um, um, Baltimore-Tampa – game and uh i kind of think that the uh bucks are just uh done is my my guess uh so i'm gonna take the ball uh, baltimore is favored by one and a half at tampa i'm gonna uh, fall on that side of this bet this time baltimore, i think we can i think that we both know at least that baltimore will have a big lead at some point <laughs> in the game because they've had they've had big leads in every one of their games so far mm -hmm. in in three of those games however they've relinquished uh big leads so you would hope that they would keep the big lead, I guess, against uh, the Buccaneers. And it's at Tampa. Yeah, get a big lead against Tampa. I don't know that Tampa's going to come back. 
they, they well, haven't shown that kind of fight yet this year anyway. To... Yeah, this is kind of a last gasp, I think. If Tampa wants to prove itself as a real contender, they need to beat a good team, mm-hmm. and they need to win at home. They need to avoid a, I think a three a three game losing streak. Easily, right. that game that losing streak could be five games because they uh, they lost to the Chiefs and they and they barely beat uh, the Falcons on a kind of that questionable sort of um, roughing the passer penalty really helped. Right. So, yeah, they're circling the bowl maybe. <laughs> Excellent analogy. <laughs> but I, I think the Buccaneers hopefully, hopefully uh, Brady, at least in their mind, they come back. But I like, I think, I think the Ravens could blow the doors off um, that game too, because the Ravens, I think, are a pretty talented team, but they have, they have, they've been really inconsistent uh, this year. They've been in all their games, but yeah. So I'm not going to bet that Thursday night game. No. First game, no. The uh, the the uh, first game uh, I want to talk about is another is is going back to uh, the AFC AFC West. Uh, this is this is the the Raiders, uh, whom I think I I bet on the Raiders a couple of weeks ago, and I was successful. Um, me three weeks ago now. And they, I bet them. I bet on them at home to beat the beat Broncos, and I'm going to go back to the Raiders. I think the Raiders are heating up. Uh, they're entering a very easy part of their schedule. I think they're going to be favored probably the next six or so straight games. And this one, they're favored slightly on the road against New Orleans, and I think the Saints are not so good on defense and not very good on offense with. Uh, the way you know that game against uh, Arizona last Thursday night, they, uh, Andy Dalton threw basically two pick sixes in a row, and yeah, they them. also allowed a lot of points. Besides that, so I think the Raiders' offense has been really good this year, and they've mm-hmm. been in all the games that they've lost. So I think they'll I think they'll win on the road in New Orleans, um, and I think they're favored by. Two points, so I'm just I'm, I'll take I'll take them uh, at minus two. I think if they win, they'll probably win by a field goal. So uh, I think I like the Raiders at minus two. That's, that's a good lead into my, uh, my second pick actually, because I was going to bet on this game as well, um, but on the on the over under line, uh, it's forty nine and a half. Um, both teams are they're um, two of the top three teams in covering the over lines. Um, mm. I think the Raiders are um, five five and one or six and one, I guess. And um, New Orleans is five and two, uh, covering the over. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over on this one, uh, in the hopes that their trends will continue, since both teams are actually been good at covering on that side of it. Uh, yeah, I'll take the over forty nine and a half. Over forty nine and a half, good. My uh, next bet, my next two bets are actually both uh, over under bets. I think this is the first time I've bet more over-unders than I have uh, spreads on the season. Uh, but they're, um, my first one, I, 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 won, I did well with the Cowboys under last week. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys under again. This week they're hosting the Bears now instead of the Lions, another kind of mediocre <laughs> NFC Central opponent. And right now they have the over-under at 42 and a half. 
which seems pretty high to me, given the fact that the Bears usually don't score very many points. They did score quite a few points against the Patriots mm -hmm. on Monday night in that very strange game where it seemed like uh, Bailey Zappi was going to save the day and come mm -hmm. in and lead the Patriots a victory after two quick touchdowns, but then nothing after that. So mm -hmm. uh, we didn't talk about the Patriots quarterback controversy yet, but um, and, but um, that, that game, it seems like, though, on the other side, it was maybe a good game by Justin Fields uh, and the best game by far for the uh, Bears offense mm -hmm. this year. But I think playing against the Cowboys at home, the Cowboys are favored by 10 points in that game. Which yeah, that seems like a lot to me, but 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 you're I, betting on the on the under. I, I'm betting on the under. I not think on, not on the uh, on the Bears covering the spread. Though, yeah, so yeah, I but I, I I could see a game, 24 to 10, 24 14, um, 24 17 even would, would would leave me under. I don't see the Cowboys just scoring very many points. Yeah, and I don't see the Bears just scoring very many points either. So I'm going to go under 14 and a half. But that's one you might consider if the line was even a few points lower, you probably still consider that for the under. Yeah, the lowest this week is 39. That's the Broncos Jaguars in London. I'm I'm staying away from that. There's a 40.5 Patriots Jets. Because if I think if that was if that um London game was actually played in the US, they'd be a no-brainer almost to take the under on that one. But the London games have been fairly high scoring, I think. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. There's a 40 uh, Commanders Colts. There's a lot of games uh, 40.5 or under. Yeah, but I'm I'm not gonna I'm not looking for any of those. I, I like I like I think I could see that Cowboys Bears that being 40.5. So I, that's why I took the under. It seems like mm. it's good value. Yeah. And so my you want me to do, should I do my third pick then? Yeah, you go your third. You can go your third, then I'll give mine. Yeah, so I kind of, kind of like this um, flow of the uh, uh, you know team sort of like looking like they're competitive and then and then falling off um, like Jacksonville early. Um, I think this might be might be the week the uh, the Giants actually fall off. Um, so they're, they're playing Seattle this week. Seattle's favored by three. So I'm actually going to take Seattle minus three at home Ooh, against, against, the, against the Giants. It is a long trip. Trip. Um, Seattle's been pretty good. The Giants have been have been winning a lot of close games, so mm -hmm. you might think that one of those are going to go the other way. So I could see the Giants losing to Seattle. They have an easier schedule coming up, but um, I could see that. I could see that happening. I could, I could also see Geno Smith turning <laughs> back into a pumpkin and uh, the Giants uh, winning. You know. But yeah, I, I think that's a I think that's a decent I think that's a decent wager. My uh, third bet is uh, is another over under as I uh, indicated before. It's an under, and it's um, also involves one of the teams from my uh, bet last week, and that's the Lions. And uh, this is the Dolphins at the Lions. The over under is currently fifty one point five. Uh, the Lions, as we talked about. We're a high scored team earlier this year. Mm -hmm. They have not, they've only averaged three points per game in their last two games. Uh, the, the Dolphins have cooled off from their hot start in, in terms of scoring as well. Two is back, but you know, they didn't score very much against mm -hmm. uh, Pittsburgh. 
And I think they were very fortunate also not to lose that game by throwing in a lot of interceptions. So I I could see I could see another low scoring game here. Or I could also see a kind of lopsided uh Miami win, but I don't think the Dolphins are gonna score a lot of points either. So I, I think 51 and a half is a very high total. And I like the under. Nice. So last week we went five and one total. That's right. Uh my I think my total on the year now I'm up to I think I'm up to ten and eleven. Ten eleven, that's right. So I, I'm only minus one hundred dollars. Uh almost back. Almost back to uh even money. You are getting cl- closer. Uh are you eight and thirteen? Eight and thirteen. Okay. Yeah. So minus five hundred. So you're losing less than a hundred dollars a week. Yes. Yeah. That's a step forward. Another few weeks you'll be might be back even with uh I yeah so I think I think things are looking up maybe uh, we'll start, we'll take our talents to Vegas one of these one of these weeks exactly any other games on the slate that look in interesting the, um, in the, the Chiefs list weeks it's much tougher to to be really excited for me at least anyway Do you uh, think the Packers have any chance of ooh. beating Buffalo on the road. Aaron um, Rodgers uh, didn't want to people count them count them out. Uh, I would I would say that's a near zero chance right now. The Bills are favored by eleven and a half. Yeah, that's, that was a big spread, and I I if I was going to make a bet on this game, I think I would I would uh, bet on Buffalo to cover. Yeah, the Bills are coming off a bye, so they're rested, mm-hmm. and and they're I think they're going to want to make a statement too. Probably. Green Bay's been in a swoon, so. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I I could also see something weird happening and um I don't know, but stranger things have happened. But yeah, the Bills should win that game. I think there's a couple the 49ers Rams are always interesting games. Yeah. Good rivalry game. Yeah, the Rams seem to always lose the regular season matchups against the 49ers. Now with me McCaffrey back for another week, the 49ers um, can do something. Uh, the, it's, the 49ers are favored by one and a half at Los Angeles. So that seems – do you think that seems right? Yeah, it does seem a little strange, but uh, I don't know. Man, I don't, I don't know. That, those, yeah, games seem a little yeah, – the, the 49ers – yeah, I think an, yeah, an, a, a bad game that seems interesting uh, to me is the Commanders-Colts. I uh, thought you might go to that one. Yeah, given the fact that it's Heineke versus Ellinger. Right. Um, the Colts are favored by three at home. So you need the quarterback change. Yeah, I, wow. I guess they still think that Jonathan Taylor can handle Quarterback it. is more of a show than anything else it's uh the running back that actually matters yeah in the defense yeah 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 this this nfl slate is a yeah it's not as interesting with the chiefs not playing but it's also a little more relaxing the chiefs not playing true (laughs) no pressure yeah i think maybe the cardinals vikings might be a good game um but yeah i think that packers bills game could be interesting it would be 
it, this might act, if 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 the Packers really got rolled, I, I I think that really could signal the beginning of the end of Aaron Rodgers as Packer. Is it you think it's more Rodgers or more um, coach game plan? I think it's a little of both. I don't think the Packers have much talent at the wide receiver position, especially. But I think Rodgers as well is not somebody who is a guy who brings up his teammates when the going gets rough. I don't think he's a, uh, I don't think he's a motivator or a kind of um, friendly leader uh, type of person. And I think it's very different from the mentality that say Patrick Mahomes has, you know, he has also basically all new receivers mm -hmm. uh, to work with and, you know, he's done much better at spreading the ball around. And getting, uh, we also haven't seen Rogers um, screaming at his offensive line on the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we have, we have that with uh, uh, Tom Brady. So um, who is, who's, who's more washed up? Do you think Brady or Rogers? Uh, I mean, if you're talking about where we are right now today, it seems like they're both equally washed. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I I I think I'm gonna I may be betting against the the Bucks for a while here on the uh you know in our betting competition. That may be my current strategy is just go again. Maybe and maybe I should, maybe we should also um throw Green Bay in there too. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, this season in terms of stats, Aaron Rodgers has thrown eleven touchdowns, three picks, um, sixty six point eight completion percentage, only two hundred twenty eight yards per game. He has a quarterback rating of 94.9, which is for him pretty low, mm -hmm. under 100. But he is, you think he is higher or lower than Tom Brady in quarterback rating? For, uh, for Rodgers? Yeah, is Rodgers above or below? I would Brady? Say, I'm going to guess below. Is slightly above. Ooh. And did you know that Tom Brady has only thrown one interception really? all year? Like he's he's generally pretty careful with the ball, and um, I guess they they both are. So he's thrown eight touchdowns. Does, uh, Rogers have. Uh, so Rogers has thrown eleven touchdowns, three picks. Brady has thrown eight touchdowns, one pick. Only eight Rogers is rating is ninety four point nine. Brady is ninety two point eight. Wow. So neither of them are. In terms of passer rating, they rank eighth and ninth wow. in the league. But but no controversy though for they're not at risk for being replaced. In the ESPN QBR rating, um, Brady is higher than Rogers by hmm. a decent amount. Rogers is twenty seventh in the league in QBR. I'm not exactly sure how QBR is, is calculated. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is number one, followed closely by Josh Allen. Is that is QBR? The touchdowns are weighted heavier, I think, isn't that? I think it's something total quarterback rating. I think it also involves rushing yardage and being sacked and stuff. Okay, well, I mean, I they're think... they're pretty similar in in their style of play and how fast they release the ball and and uh, you know their willingness to check down quickly. They're relatively similar in their style, at least. So. I mean, neither of them are going to extend the play, and neither of them are going to run. Yeah, 
Rogers, I guess, seems like he, he was was once more mobile. I think. Yeah. But he doesn't. He's. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was interesting that it seems like they're they're uh, they aren't turning the ball over very much. They just had very anemic offenses. Well, yeah, long drives uh, without scores. Yeah, uh, and they're both completing more than two thirds of their passes. Mm-hmm. They, but they're. I think their yards per catch are relatively low. Yeah, yards per attempt. Tom Brady is six point six. Rodgers is six point five. Harrison Mahomes is eight point two. Yeah. Josh Allen eight point three. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think yeah they're making a lot of um, short passes because they. I think they're using more of their running backs, um, in their passing game. More frequently than they than they probably maybe want to even, but Brady's thrown for almost fifty more yards per game than Rodgers. Really? Yeah. yeah. Brady's thrown for two hundred seventy seven yards per game. Rodgers only two hundred twenty eight yards per game. Wow. Rodgers's yards per game put him at twentieth in the league. Brady's, That's got to be well below his average for his. Yeah, career. Brady is sixth. Um, right now, so above Rodgers in yards per game are such quarterbacks as Andy Dalton, Russell Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Carson Wentz. <laughs> yeah, some less than luminous. He's mm. on par this season with Jacoby Brissett and Davis Mills in terms of yards per game. Is that is that the company you think he's accustomed to keeping? I think probably not. So that's that's just been a yeah a struggle for Rogers, a struggle mm-hmm. for Brady, struggle for a lot of uh, geriatric quarterbacks. But maybe they'll turn it around, or maybe the young guns will. Um, you've replaced uh, some of them uh, are going to uh, be successful uh, this in the next coming weeks. So who will throw for more yards this week as a prediction? Ellinger or Brady or Rodgers? Those three. Hmm. I, Brady's Thursday night, it's hard to predict. Against Baltimore. I think I could say I could see Rodgers throwing for the fewest because he's playing the Bills. Or I could see him somehow lighting up the Bills. Uh, and I think... In terms of floor, I would say even I would say Brady. I would say Brady is the lowest. I mean, the highest is the highest floor. The highest floor. Yeah, I don't. Um, and he also might have the highest ceiling, too. I think he, you know, because it could be like the Chiefs game against the Buccaneers, where the Buccaneers have you are behind and they have to throw the ball every down, and he gets three hundred and fifty, almost four hundred yards passing. Um. I don't see Rodgers passing for that many yards. So I'd say Brady has the most likely to throw for the most. Um, also, given the fact that I think his floor is going to be the lowest. I think, realistically, Ellinger is going to throw for the fewest. Right. You don't, you but, don't have to. I mean, the game plan they're going to have for him is probably not going to be airing it out. It's going to be handing it off to Jonathan Taylor. The question is, do you think he will throw for more than Taylor Heineke? In that game that he's playing against, 
I think I think probably. I think they'll I think they'll try to throw, and if he gets warmed up right away, I think they'll they may they may um you know throw more than. Than um they think the defense is planning for right, because it would be you know unexpected. So they they hopefully will try to throw and not just hand off every time, but. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't expect him to get a lot of yards. <laughs> mm-hmm. The commander's defense is actually pretty decent, though. Yeah. Yeah, for a, team, a game of two not-so-good teams, I think that's an interesting yeah. matchup. A lot of, you know, uh, a lot of interesting matchups this week. Do you think we want to wrap it up? I think so. All right. So we, we, uh, we will come back and see... Uh, next week, how we did on our week eight bets, and we'll see if we can continue this uh, winning streak that we've had lately. And you got a shot to and go over 500 next week. I have a shot to go above 500. You have a shot to uh, near, <laughs> slowly, near, slowly near 500. <laughs> but uh, we are that that 0 and 6 week is looking uh, back at us further and further in the rearview mirror. And we had a five and one week this week. Hopefully we can continue that next week. And um, uh, thank you all for uh, listening or watching us. I am Dr. Mike Warman. He is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We are the One Inch Track Power. Please like and or subscribe to our podcast. And uh, we will we will see you again next week. Good day.